Good morning again. Isn't today a fantastic day? I needed today. I needed Easter Sunday. We have, we have taken a tough journey this week with the Tenebrae service and, and the secret church and, and preaching on forsakenness last week. Is, it's been tough to put ourselves in the place of, of Jesus and to put ourselves in the place of his followers and the grief and the hopelessness and the despair that they must have felt on that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh, praise God for today. Because Christ the Lord is risen today. Isn't that good news? What's the emotion that you're feeling today? What what, what are some of those feelings, some of the emotions? You know, go ahead, you can talk to me. What, what are some of the emotions of today? Excitement, thank you. What else? Happiness, joy, any? Relief, yeah. Anything else? Praise. One more round? Yeah, eternal hope. No one said fear. No one said or talked about being afraid. Fear is not so much the emotion that today that we associate with Easter, is it? But let's explore this emotion for a few minutes. On this day, what are you afraid of? What are the fears that capture your attention, that cause you to worry and to be anxious and to stay up all night? There are lists out there of what we Americans fear the most. Tight spaces. Those elevators with, that are packed too full and got three, too many people on them. What about high spaces and ledges and spiders? Yeah, animals. Animals is a big one. Snakes and dogs and mice and spiders. We, we have a phobia of those, those creatures. You know what was on one of the lists that I found? Clowns and zombies. It's a different world. What about in our 21st century world identity theft? Internet security. Some of those traditional things we're afraid of, public speaking. How about death in general? One of the great fears that we have today as a people worldwide is death by mass killing. By going somewhere as a spectator, by going somewhere just carrying through life and coming across a madman, a mad woman, a, a, a people that are out to just do evil and to kill. And we have seen that this week in Kenya. And we know that it even happens here in these United States. What are you afraid of? Rejection? Loneliness? What are you afraid of? Disease? Cancer? What are those things that keep you up? Those fears that stir your emotions? What are you struggling with today? As, as a parent, I was always afraid. This was just my own confession, I guess. 
I had four kids, right, four babies, and I was always afraid they were going to choke on something. So they would take a big cry, and they would inhale, and I would just freeze because I wanted to make sure that if they passed out or whatever happened, that they were going to breathe again. Or if they're eating and they're choking, that was just one of my great fears as a dad was being there and a child choking. But again, no one said anything about being afraid of Easter. I mean, you got to be kidding me, right, Pastor? What are we? Yeah. Easter bunnies, Easter baskets, and bonnets, and Easter eggs, and candy, and chocolate. Are you kidding me? What would I have to be afraid about that? We have done a good job, haven't we? of domesticating. And softening Easter to the point where it has lost its impact and its power upon us. We have demystified Easter. So, what are you afraid of? Easter? I believe fear is a legitimate emotion that comes with Easter. In Matthew chapter 28, in the first 10 verses, the first 10 verses that tell us about the resurrection, fear is mentioned four times. Well, maybe we change the, change the word. What about the word resurrection? Now, if that's true, if that's true, that, that's something to be afraid of. That's something to, to be fearful of. Not a dead man walking. Those are zombies, right? (laughs) But a dead man who is now alive. Certainly this could produce fear in all of us. So much fear. So much fear that when this happened, that a counter story immediately began to take its place and to take its root in the religious leaders and in the Roman leaders of the day in which the guards came and and reported to the religious leaders, not to Pilate, not to the Roman authorities, but they came to the religious leaders and said, guess what? Here's what happened. And fear, I believe, came over those religious leaders. And they said, here's what we're going to say. We're going to say that you all fell asleep. And in the middle of the night, while you were sleeping, that the disciples came, his followers came, and and they were somehow able to get that stone pushed away while you were sleeping. And that they went in and they stole the body. And they took the body out. And the religious leaders were well equipped to pay for these services, to pay for this bribe. And they paid the soldiers to create this story. And they said, you know what? We know that sleeping at your post is an offense that's punishable by death, but we'll take care of that with Pilate and with your superior commanders and officers. And when the book of Matthew was was compiled and when it was finally put together, most likely sometime in the 60s or 70s, 30, even maybe even 40 years later, this is the story that was still circulating among those who would not believe. Why? Because if the story of resurrection is true, then it is a story that produces great fear and great possibilities. 
So maybe we should be afraid. Maybe we should be afraid because if the tomb is empty, if the body of Jesus was not stolen, if indeed Jesus rose again from the grave, everything changes. Everything is different. Everything that Jesus taught us, everything that the scriptures tell us about about Jesus, everything that the prophecies in the Old Testament tells us as it anticipates the coming of Messiah, all of this is authenticated and validated because of the empty tomb, because of resurrection. And when everything changes, when everything changes in our lives, in our world, when everything changes, fear is always present. So let's take a little bit deeper glance and glimpse of resurrection. The first words to the angel, from the angel to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary that was there in, according to Matthew's version. The first words, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid are the first words that they hear. And then the angel goes on to describe, Jesus is not here, for he is risen. Why are these first words from the angel words of do not be afraid? Why is it that when this great news is proclaimed and shared for the first time, why is it that it's preceded by the statement, don't be afraid? Don't be afraid for I have something to tell you. Don't be afraid because the news that's about to be shared is great news. It's glorious news. Jesus is risen. It's news you can trust. It's news you can believe in. It's news that you can place your life in. For he is no longer dead. He is alive. And because he is alive, you too can believe. And the angel invited them to come and to look. And it's interesting that, that the angel and that those early disciples did not say, Jesus is everywhere now. Jesus is resurrected and he's everywhere now. No, the angel of the Lord said, Jesus is risen and he's going to Galilee to meet you. He was going to a specific place. Go and tell the disciples that Jesus is alive. He's been resurrected and he waits for you in Galilee. And the scripture says in verse 28, in chapter 28, verse 8, that the women left the tomb. And what were their emotions? With fear and with joy. A new emotion. Yes, joy is a part of, of Easter and it may be the primary emotion that we experience and we sense, but it's fascinating that the women left with fear and joy. And Matthew tells us that on their way to tell the, the men, to tell the other disciples, that they encountered Jesus and they worshipped him. And what are the exact first words, what are the first things that Jesus says to the women? Hey guys, I'm alive. No. His first words, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And then he says this, go, go and tell my disciples that I will meet them in Galilee. 
leave for Galilee. Take the journey to Galilee. Walk to Galilee. You see, Jesus is always calling us to walk, to leave, to go, to journey, to travel. And in the midst of this great fear and this great joy that we experience in learning and discovering that Jesus is alive, his next words always come with an invitation to walk. Because you see, when the disciples walked, when they traveled, when they journeyed, their faith became sight. Because in Galilee, they saw the risen Jesus. How many of us today have encountered a risen Lord? And there's been fear in in that relationship, in that experience, but there's also been an invitation from God. I know that you don't understand this. I know that there's all kinds of emotions, but by faith, even in the midst of this fear, will you walk? Will you travel? Will you journey with me on to Galilee? The disciples obey. And in Matthew, we have this beautiful account in verse 17 of Jesus appearing to the disciples. And the scripture says, when they saw him, when they saw him in Galilee, they worshiped him. Well, of course they did. He's alive. But the next sentence there is fascinating, isn't it? They worshiped him. And some doubted. Some doubted. Did did you catch that? They're standing, they're worshiping in the presence of the risen Christ. And the scripture tells us that some, in the midst of their worship, in the midst of their traveling to Galilee, in the midst of everything that was going on in their lives, they still had doubts. Isn't that so real? Isn't that so real to where we live? That we have these incredible moments of faith and of of courage. These incredible experiences that we share with, with God. Only to discover those doubts lingering. Hanging on. Gnawing at the back of our heart and of our mind. And it's almost as if Matthew just kind of nonchalantly says they worshipped him and some doubted doubt is a part of our of, of our faith journey and experience but doubt is not to have the final word doubt is not to interrupt the journey because we must still continue to travel we must still continue to walk and to believe even in the midst of that doubt And in Matthew, in in telling this resurrection story succinctly and briefly, he continues on. They worshipped and they doubted. And then he goes on and says, Jesus says to them, Go. Go into all the world. I've given you the authority to go and to make disciples and to baptize them and to teach them. These same disciples that worshipped and doubted. We're given a mission. We're given a direction, a purpose in life to continue. Even 
in the midst of their fears and their doubts to serve and to love and to go. Oh, that we could capture that on this, on this Easter Sunday. That as we come here today, as we, we consider this idea of resurrection, is it true? Is it true? Am I going to believe? Am I going to follow? Even in the midst of our fears and our doubts, if we would just begin that journey to Galilee, and if we would just say, okay, Lord, where I'm at right now, I'm going to go. And I'm going to be part of your kingdom. And I'm going to live that out. Worship, faith, doubt, and mission. This is the story of Easter. This is the invitation of resurrection. And the truth is, is this is where we live life. In the tension between faith and doubt. This morning... What is the Lord wanting to say to you? Maybe the words you need to hear are the words that the angel first said to the women and and that Jesus first said to Mary. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And if that's the word that God is sharing in your heart today, don't be afraid of this idea, this this truth, this possibility of of resurrection. If God is saying to you today, don't be afraid, but embrace that and begin that journey to Galilee today. Will you begin to walk? Will you begin to make your way to that mountain in Galilee? Are you ready for this next journey of life? Are you ready for the dawn of something new? The dawn of a new day. The dawn of a new creation that can take place in you and in your family. Allow me to digress for just a moment. Why, why, why did resurrection take place on Sunday? Why on Sunday? Think about what, why Sunday? Why not on the Sabbath? What, what is prophesied three days and and we know the prophecies but why did God arrange things so it took place on Sunday the Sabbath would have been a good day it was the day of worship the day of rest the day that would have caught everyone Sunday was like our Monday everyone was getting ready to go to work life for the week was starting again why Sunday morning why did Jesus resurrect on that day And here's what I've come to believe because the resurrection is something totally new and different and dynamic. Because on that Sunday morning, God is offering us a glimpse and a taste of a new creation. Paul said this of Jesus. He is the firstborn of all creation. And later in that passage in Colossians, he says, and Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. You see, Jesus, the word of God, that was involved in Genesis with the creation, which took place on the first day of the week, right? On Sunday morning. And Jesus, as the Word of God, began creating this beautiful world in which we live in. 
And now, Paul tells us he is the firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn of a new creation. You see, on the first day, God separated the light from the darkness. And on the first day of the new creation, on Resurrection Sunday, God called forth the light of Jesus from the tomb, from the darkness of death. And proclaim to the, new, to, to the world that as of this day, I am beginning a new creation. It is Sunday and all things are being transformed. There is something new that I have started. You see, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, something new is happening in this world. And something new can happen in our lives each and every day. So because He is risen, new dawnings New creations are possible every day. And because of this, we do not have to be afraid on Easter Sunday, but rather to embrace and to welcome a new possibility. You see, it's Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning in your life. It is Sunday morning in the world if we'll allow this new creation, if we'll allow the Word of God to create and to begin a new work. And to join with him in establishing this new creation, this kingdom of God. Matthew 28, verse 6 says this. Christ the Lord is risen today. Today is a new creation. And so with fear and with joy and with doubt, let us embrace this new dawn. Men... Let it change your family and your marriage. Ask God to come and to bring a new creation within you and your families. Women, the same prayer, the same opportunity to be that new creation and to allow God to transform and to work and to renew and to recreate in your family, in your marriage, in your home. Singles. The resurrection is just not for married folks. It's for you. Would you allow God to continue to to be a new creation and to make you and to shape you and to form you in new ways as of today because of this power and the glory of Easter Sunday? You see, in this new creation, the old becomes new. The dying becomes new to life and born again That which is broken is put back together. This morning, are you part of this new creation? If not, the invitation is for all of us. Would you receive? Would you go to the tomb? Would you believe? And would you begin the journey of walking with Christ and becoming that new creation that He rose again on this day that we might all experience? Let's pray.